On this episode of Mythic Existence, we're going to be exploring the origins of Dracula. We're in the middle of spooky season, the veil is thinning, and there's no better time to talk about the terrifying living dead walking the earth. Now, most people are familiar with the figure of Dracula that has come down to us through Bram Stoker's 1897 novel and the numerous movies that have come out since Bela Lugosi's iconic 1931 performance. But what most people don't know about vampires is that they have a rich and complex history in folklore, and that the character of Dracula was derived from a bloodthirsty Romanian count that had a habit of impaling his enemies. Before we get into that, we'll first need to dive into the folklore of vampires themselves. The history of vampires is difficult to track down, but what seems clear is that the belief in this creature comes from Eastern Europe. Scholars disagree on the origin of the word vampire itself, but we do know that the first time the word was used in English was in 1732 when a news report was published reporting vampire epidemics in Eastern Europe. Before that, the term had already appeared in German and French literature, perhaps most notably in the infamous Malleus Maleficarum, published in 1486, which says that vampires have the ability to throw thunderbolts. Many of the beliefs about vampires that have made their way into Hollywood actually come from real folklore about vampires. Traditionally, they are thought to be undead people who have come back from the grave and seek to sustain themselves by feeding on the blood of others. In fact, today the belief in vampires is so persistent in Romania that there are very public disputes over people resorting to grave desecration to try and prevent more harm done by dead people they believe to be vampires. Let's take a look at what the folklore tells us are the ways to kill a vampire. The tried and true method is to either drive a stake or a hot iron through the heart. This is the method used in Stoker's Dracula, but comes from actual folk practice. Romanians and Hungarians have a practice of laying a sickle on the dead as a reminder that they couldn't walk in the world, and it is possible that the figure of death with a sickle comes from this practice. Oftentimes those who were thought to have died before their time are given special treatment to prevent vampirism, which often includes putting garlic in their mouth, another tactic Dr. Van Helsing uses in the novel. In fact, it is believed that the brothers born in the same month are at risk of becoming vampires. To prevent this, a folk practice of placing an iron chain around the brothers is done, in which the iron chain is opened and closed three times while a priest reads a prayer that will prevent the brothers from becoming vampires. Now there are some scientific explanations for belief in vampires. One actually has to do with how the body decomposes after death. One reason that driving a stake through the heart is done is because it decreases bloating in the body. Bloating is also often accompanied by the mouth being covered in blood, which is also part of the natural processes of death. And it's said that sometimes you can actually hear a vampire in their grave. This is probably due to the fact that a body can make noises as it releases air from bloating. Another reason for belief actually comes from how epidemics work, which is funny that the first English reference is to an epidemic of vampirism. It is said that vampires first destroy their close relations, then destroy people in their village, and then their country. After that, they move to another country and carry out more attacks, get married, and have children. After their children die, they eat the relations of their mother. That definitely sounds like how deadly illnesses spread, and the prevalence of vampires in Europe coincided with deadly plagues. There are some imaginative explanations for the causes of vampirism as well. Anybody with a rare birth effect called a call are said to become a vampire within six weeks of death. 
Anybody who doesn't eat garlic is suspected of vampirism, and a seventh child of the same sex born to a family is said to be destined to become a vampire. Even if you go through your life avoiding all these troubles, you still may be cursed to vampirism in the grave. Eastern European folklore says that a dead man becomes a vampire if a cat jumps over him or if a man steps over him. So, if you're ever walking around a cemetery, be very careful where you step. Now that we've covered the folklore surrounding vampires, it's time to dig into the story of the Romanian count that inspired Bram Stoker's novel, Vlad Tepish, also known as Vlad Dracula or Vlad the Impaler. Vlad Dracula was born in 1431 in Transylvania and was the son of Vlad Dracul, who was the ruler of the Principality of Wallachia, now modern-day Romania. His father was given the title of Dracul after his induction into the Order of the Dragon created by the Holy Roman Emperor Sigismund. The name Dracul means dragon, and Dracula means son of the dragon. In 1436, they moved to Turgovista, Wallachia, when his dad assumed power. But in 1442, Vlad had to endure terrible hardship as he and his brother were sent to the Ottoman court as collateral. You see, Wallachia was constantly in battle with the Hungarian Empire to the west and the Ottomans to the south. Vlad was sent to the Ottomans as a sort of gesture promising Vlad Dracul's loyalty. However, Vlad returned to Turgovista in 1448, only to learn that his father and oldest brother had been assassinated by Wallachian boyars. In Romania, boyars are a sort of elite people, and it just so happens that Stoker's Count Dracula is described as a boyar. These assassinations enraged Vlad and sent him on a lifelong quest of revenge. By 1448, at just the age of 17, Vlad assumed the throne. During his life, Vlad would gain and lose the throne three times. His first reign was short-lived, but his second reign, beginning in 1456, would be where his notorious bloodthirst came into play. During this time, Vlad was once again on the wrong side of the Ottoman favor, and they invaded Wallachia with an army three times the size of what he had. As he retreated, he burned Wallachian villages and poisoned the wells. When the Ottoman army finally reached his fortress, they were met with a horrific sight. The bodies of 10,000 people were impaled on sticks made from the trees on its grounds. This is where he got the name Vlad and the Impaler. At one time in Vlad's life, he invited the poor and sick to his castle and burned them alive to eradicate poverty. In one of his castles, he built his master bedroom directly on top of a dungeon that housed his political enemies. In 1462, the Turks retaliated by placing Vlad's brother in charge of an army. They stormed his castle and his wife threw herself to her death from the tower. Vlad fled under the mountain and went to Transylvania. He went to Hunedora Castle to ask for help, but was imprisoned by the king, who recognized his importance as a bartering piece. For 12 years, Vlad remained captive, and it is said that he would impale mice as he sat in the dungeon. His brother died of syphilis in 1475, and a year later Vlad regained the throne, only to die shortly after. In all, it is said that he killed between 40 and 100,000 people, but Romania today, he is remembered as a national hero credited with uniting Wallachia for the first time. Before I proceed to tell you the story of Dracula, I want to say that there will be spoilers. However, considering that you've had 124 years to learn the story, I won't feel too bad if you hear them. 
1897, the Irish author Bram Stoker published a novel that has become a staple of the horror genre and catapulted the vampire into the public consciousness. The novel is written through journal entries, letters, and telegrams written by the characters. The story begins with an English lawyer named Jonathan Harker traveling to Transylvania to meet with Count Dracula to finalize a property transaction for the Count in England. Recently, the original version of Dracula was found in a barn in Pennsylvania, and it turns out that the text that we have grown to know actually starts on page 102 of the original version. While Stoker was publishing the novel, a great deal was edited out. As Harker travels to the castle, the locals are terrified when he tells them his destination. He is picked up by a coach driven by a mysterious coachman. On the road, howls of wolves fill the air, but are silenced by the driver who apparently has control over them. Of course, it would later turn out that Count Dracula was the driver. At the castle, Count Dracula reveals himself. Harker is stricken about how pale and strange he looks. It turns out that sleeping in a coffin is not the best thing for your skin routine. Later, Harker cuts his throat while shaving, and Dracula lunges at his throat. Eventually, Harker wisens up and realizes that the Count is an undead vampire, and after being seduced by three female vampires who are about to feast on a child that Dracula has brought for them, he realizes that he will be the Count's next victim. Harker attempts to attack the Count, who leaves him trapped in the castle and flees with 50 boxes of dirt as he requires soil from his homeland to survive. Back in England, Harker's fiancée notices that her friend Lucy has begun to sleepwalk, as she is wont to do. When Mina goes to look for her, she finds her in a graveyard with a bat hovering over her. As she inspects Lucy, Mina notices two small red marks on her neck. Now this is one place where Stoker has exercised some of his own creativity. Folklore does not say that vampires can turn into bats. They can, however, turn into horses, dogs, or cats. But the picture of a horse biting a victim for their blood just doesn't work quite as well as a bat. Lucy becomes ill and is taken into the care of Dr. Seward and Dr. Van Helsing, who cover her room in garlic to protect her from vampires, which they quickly suspect to be the culprit. However, Lucy dies and shortly after, there are reports of children being attacked by a strange creature. Meanwhile, Mina has received communications from Jonathan and has returned from Transylvania with him. Harker reports his experiences to Van Helsing, who is now sure that a vampire is loose in England. To prevent further killings, they exhume Lucy's body, stake her through the heart, cut off her head, and stuff her mouth with garlic. Hopefully, while they are in the cemetery, they didn't step over any other graves in effect creating more monsters. They then decide that they need to track down the Count, who they learn needs his dirt to stay healthy. Mina begins to act suspiciously, and Van Helsing finds Jonathan unconscious and her drinking from a gash in Dracula's chest. Dracula disappears, but they find him buried in dirt, cut off his head, stab him through the heart, and he turns to dust, ending his reign of terror. Now clearly, the biggest similarities between Count Dracula and Vlad the Impaler are that they share the same name, both have a preternatural lust for blood, and that they come from Transylvania. But history doesn't portray Vlad the Impaler as an actual vampire, and depending on who you ask, he might be a bloodthirsty tyrant or a unifying political figure that needed to resort to violence to achieve his goals. 
And that, my friends, is a story of how a Romanian count gave way to one of the most enduring supernatural figures in our culture. Please be sure to like and subscribe, follow Mythic Existence on Instagram and Twitter, and stay tuned for another episode.